welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Yay! Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for the light of God within yourselves and for the light of God within everyone else. And as we approach the holidays, giving thanks for love, life, and family, and enjoying the colorful lights glowing brightly, or maybe the solid-colored lights are the preference of some. But whatever the choice, remember that the energy it takes to brighten those bulbs symbolizes the light of God within each one of us, our mighty I Am Presence. And it is that light, power, and energy of God that keeps us going, growing, and glowing. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life, and y'all be loved. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if His love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor, agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front, don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside, and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death, and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything, ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow and worship before this Jesus Christ, and call out in praise that he is the master of all, to the glorious honor of God the Father. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you, God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Do everything readily and cheerfully, no bickering, no second-guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go to all this work for nothing. Philippians 2 1-16 MSG I'm not saying that I have this all together, but I have it made. But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal, where God is beckoning us onward, to Jesus. I'm often running, and I'm not turning back. So, let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. 
If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision, you'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, headed for this same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times, sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross. But easy street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods, belches are their praise, all they can think of is their appetites. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthy bodies into glorious bodies like His own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which He is putting everything as it should be, under and around Him. Philippians 3:12-21 MSG And that's about it, friends. Be glad in God. Philippians 3:1 MSG Isis Unveiled, Chapter 14 In his first traces of man in Europe, Albrecht Muller proposes a name descriptive of the age in which we live, and suggests that the age of paper is perhaps as good as any that can be discussed. We do not agree with the learned professor. Our firm opinion is, that succeeding generations will term ours, at best, the age of brass, at worst, that of Albeda or of Oroid. The thought of the present-day commentator and critic as to the ancient learning, is limited to and runs round the exoterism of the temples, his insight is either unwilling or unable to penetrate into the solemn Adida of old, where the Hierophant instructed the neophyte to regard the public worship in its true light. No ancient sage would have taught that man is the king of creation, and that the starry heaven and our mother earth were created for his sake. He, who doubts the assertion, may turn to the magical and philosophical precepts of Zoroaster, and find its corroboration in the following. Direct not thy mind to the vast measures of the earth, for the plant of truth is not upon ground. Nor measure the measures of the sun, collecting rules, for he is carried by the eternal will of the Father, not for your sake. Dismiss the impetuous course of the moon, for she runs always by work of necessity. The progression of the stars was not generated for your sake. A rather strange teaching to come from those who are universally believed to have worshipped the sun and moon and the starry host as gods. The sublime profundity of the Magian precepts being beyond the reach of modern materialistic thought, the Chaldean philosophers are accused, together with the ignorant masses, of Sabianism and sun worship. There was a vast difference between the true worship taught to those who showed themselves worthy, and the state religions. The Magians are accused of all kinds of superstition, but this is what a Chaldean oracle says. The wide aerial flight of birds is not true, nor the dissections of the entrails of victims, they are all mere toys, the basis of mercenary fraud, flee from these if you would open the sacred paradise of piety, where virtue, wisdom, and equity are assembled. Surely, it is not those who warn people against mercenary fraud who can be accused of it, and if they accomplish acts which seem miraculous, who can with fairness presume to deny that it was done merely because they possessed a knowledge of natural philosophy and psychological science, to a degree unknown to our schools? What did they not know? It is a well-demonstrated fact that the true meridian was correctly ascertained before the first pyramid was built. They had clocks and dials to measure time, 
Their cubit was the established unit of linear measure, being 1,707 feet of English measure. According to Herodotus the unit of weight was also known, as money, they had gold and silver rings valued by weight. They had the decimal and duodecimal modes of calculation from the earliest times, and were proficient in algebra. How could they otherwise, says an unknown author, bring into operation such immense mechanical powers, if they had not thoroughly understood the philosophy of what we term the mechanical powers? H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 14 I want to take out of your lives all sense of struggle and trouble. Trouble cannot abide where our love is, trouble cannot be where our purity and its mighty flame move into outer action, and it is but energy, precious ones. All of the energy that seems to be opposition in your worlds is nothing but energy vibrating at a slow rate, while if you charge it with our eternal, invincible purity, you step up its frequency, you charge it with our happiness, and it thrills you and energizes you and protects you, and lifts you to the exhilaration of magnificent accomplishment, and you never know failure. Now please, accept this today, and don't let any human being on this earth discourage you, or imagine God created them as special authority to dominate you. Now I do not mean to defy your parents, not at all. They have given you tremendous blessing, they have given you the body in which you are to attain your ascension. They are worthy of your honor, your love, your assistance, your obedience. But if you call the mighty Christ love, the mightiest of all infinity from the great central sun, through your I am presence into the outer self, and this power radiates through you, it will clear your way. It will dissolve your problems. It will be the light in the darkness, and it will be the strength to you to go forward, and dare to do and enjoy your victory over the forces of this world. Why, you might just as well have your victory with enjoyment as with a sense of struggle. Correcting conditions of the earth is no long-faced process to us, I'll assure you. When we enjoy the great music of the spheres, and we choose to draw that power into a flame and spread it over mankind's discord, what can the discord do? It has to dissolve and disappear, and so it is with you. We want to keep turning your attention back to your mighty I am presence, and the necessity for drawing the mightiest cosmic Christ love in the universe, which means the love, those activities of the sacred fire from the mighty I am presence in the great central sun, with which your life stream was one in the beginning. You always have been, and you always will be, but you had certain activities of life in the great central sun which are still held in trust for you by your higher mental body, and by your electronic presence, and you may have that inheritance, you may have any faculty that is within life that produces perfection into your outer use, by the attention of your intellect, and the love of your heart. Beloved Elohim of Purity There is nothing too great to accomplish. There is nothing too small to be worthy of your command and attention of perfection, and there is no obstacle, my dear ones, for those who face that presence. And I don't mean in a just half-hearted way, or in some terrific fear when problems seem to be terribly pressing upon you. I mean to make it daily, hourly, momentary habit of the outer self, just pour wave after wave of love to the mighty I am presence. Thank it for everything. Accept that the next wave is infinitely greater. Go forth and use it to beautify the world, purify it, and lift all you contact. Use it to give courage and strength and illumination to the rest of mankind. 
use it to purify conditions of the outer world. Thank the presence, pour it back and receive the next wave greater. Now, it's as easy and it's as mechanical as the turning up of your volume control on your broadcasting or radio sets. It doesn't make any difference what it is, you are using energy. You may draw as much as you want, or as little. Your free will determines what you want in the outer, but so long as persons, places, conditions, or things make you think that you have to accept their discord and their imperfection, well then, just so long will that be a pressure around you, until you arise and shatter the whole thing, and demand the victory of cosmic Christ love charge you with its ever-expanding endless power and strength and courage, to go forward and flash the flame of perfection, and command it manifest in the physical octave. And then sustain and expand it, until wherever you move mankind will realize you have the power to produce perfection, and you are about your father's business when you enjoy bringing it into the outer use. Beloved Elohim of Purity There is a great law of energy and vibration which you have been told of, need to be reminded of again and again. The great cosmic law of energy, which is life, is not stingy, but it does not permit any unnecessary use of itself. Therefore, if there is an unnecessary use of the energy, or the substance, or the supply of your world, it's going to come back someday as a shortage. Now then, supposing these mistakes have been made, supposing there are these limitations in the appearance world, you can take every one of them as they come to you, and demand that the hand of the mighty eye in presence strike its cosmic sword of blue flame into the condition, burn it up instantly, compel the annihilation of its cause and all intended through it, and then demand the unfed flame in its cosmic Christ action of the mightiest love of all creation, come there to abide forever. Then, wherever you move, you will replace imperfection with the flame of perfection, and you cannot go on and flood this into the atmosphere around you constantly as a matter of habit, without yourselves automatically becoming that. Now this is simply the law of energy and vibration. It is no respecter of persons. It doesn't know who you are, doesn't know anything about your motive, doesn't know what you are going to do with the energy. If you call for energy, energy comes and is released. If you qualify it with limitation and discord or domination over someone else, it's going to come back and dominate you. If there is a shortage of anything in your world, know that it has a cause, my dear ones. It couldn't be in your world, or in touch with your world or contact your world, if it weren't somewhere originally connected with the energy of your world. And therefore, if it is connected, supposing it is a return of something that is a mistake of the past, say, all right, since you're my life and I have done this thing to you, I now lift you by the love and forgiveness of the cosmic Christ, that life of mine in the great central sun, whose violet-consuming flame draws you into the heart of its love, purifies you, consumes everything that is of discord, clothes you with the unfed flame, and you go forward now as my freedom. My dear ones, you can take every problem, every bill, every limitation that you have, whether it be mind, body, or affairs, and by that use of the violet-consuming flame, and your call to the cosmic Christ love, the mightiest of all eternity, to move into action, into those things, and pouring that love upon that, command that energy to become the authority of your freedom, and manifestations and conditions of freedom will appear, as surely as you do it, as surely as you exist in the universe today. And no matter, precious ones, how great this activity becomes, no matter how wonderful your accomplishment is, please remember my words today, remain humble, and grateful, and obedient to that mighty I am presence, and give it full credit for everything. Beloved Elohim of Purity. Thank you.